happy, happy Friday. Welcome to Nursing Your Spiritual Health with Maxine. God bless you. Welcome once again. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for liking and sharing. I am so grateful. We, as usual, are all about spreading the word of God to manifest the kingdom and having as many people become kingdom citizens to fulfill their duly assigned destinies through the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the only way, the only door, and the only key to the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. So I have been on a two-week silenced mode. And it's not because I had nothing to say, but I had to reflect on the next episode that I'm actually doing. I was thinking I was going to talk about another topic, but the Holy Spirit said, no, we've not done everything that pertains to the fear of the Lord. As you know, two weeks back, I did an episode of the fear of the Lord, and I was basically just giving an overview of what it means to have the fear of the Lord and how it comes from the Holy Spirit. It's supernatural, it's eternal, and it is all based on your revelation of the Lord. And the beauty about the fear of the Lord is it goes in hand with wisdom, understanding, discipline, and the knowledge of God. It yields wonderful results like peace, longevity, prosperity, riches, blessings, that are even transferred to your generation. One thing I loved about last episode, the last episode I did was how the fear of the Lord makes you have such a wonderful relationship with God that he trusts you. And when he trusts you, you become his friend. And when you become his friend, he even makes you aware of covenants that he has. How amazing it is. And this is so important because we get to see people in the word who were friends of God and there were not many, but there were very few. But when you look at their lives, you can actually see that they had the fear of the Lord. It makes you understand who Jesus Christ is and why he came to die for you. And you would not take his death and his journey to his death, the teachings, him being a life example for us. The, the, the direction and the guidance he gave us and even the resurrection and what it meant you wouldn't take that for granted and so while I was thinking about what to present the Holy Spirit said the fear of the Lord is not fully exhausted because we really need to exercise the fear of the Lord and so as you get the next couple of episodes my question to you is do you have the fear of the Lord and if you do how strong is it Or does it need work? Does it need more strength? Does it need more time to improve? Do you need more of the Holy Spirit to make it stronger? And if you don't have the fear of the Lord, what is it that you need to do to make sure you get the fear of the Lord? As I mentioned in the last episode, we have to obey. Obedience is so important. We have to obey what God tells us to do. And this comes by listening listening to the word of God, listening to the Holy Spirit. And as we're doing this, we also have to pray. We have to be in the secret place, have fellowship with the Holy Spirit so he can reveal these things to us because the spirit of the fear of the Lord comes from the Holy Spirit. We get insight from him. We get understanding from him as we dwell in the secret place while understanding the word, you know. And it is through the word that we get this beautiful treasure. And we are able to get these wonderful blessings that come in the kingdom of God. Obedience, prayer for insight, understanding and studying the word of God through the Holy Spirit. This is the most important part. 
it is through the Holy Spirit. You cannot get the fear of the Lord alone. You do it through the Holy Spirit. And so here I was thinking I was going to move to something else. And the Lord said, we must focus on this because not so many of us fear the Lord as we ought to. And we need to work on our fear of the Lord. There's so many things happening in this day and age, you know, in these times. There are lots of people who say, I'm Christian, I'm a member of the body of Christ, I love the Lord. But there are things that we do in terms of our behavior, our character, and how we worship, how we praise, how we pray, how we, you know, use the word in our lives, how we handle ourselves, how we handle others, how we dwell in the secret place that doesn't actually reveal that we do have fear of the Lord. And so this is a call of challenge from the Holy Spirit. It's not accusatory. It's not meant to make anyone feel guilty, but it's meant to give us an opportunity to just really sit down and think, am I fearing the Lord as I ought to? Do I appreciate this spirit of the Lord that he has given us, which is the fear of him? You know, and if we do, how can I help others also achieve this wonderful blessing? And so it takes me to the scripture, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. I'll read it from the English Standard, Standard Version. It says, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God, which is us, may be complete, equipped for every good work. I was on YouTube listening to a sermon by Apostle Joshua Selman, and I believe he was talking about dwelling in the secret place with God to a level where we're able to learn of our destinies and our assignments through the word. And he said it is possible. We have to make that sacrifice. We have to make that commitment and be diligent and consistent to actually know what God has assigned for us what the destiny is. It says the path of the just is like a shining light that shines ever bright and to the perfect day. So if you're justified, because we truly are, we have to walk on a path that is bright, that has light. It's from God, by God, through God, with God and to God. And so that means that the path is defined. It's not where are we gonna go? Do I turn left, do I turn right? Our steps are ordered. And the reason why this is, is because we're able to hear from God. And so I'll take us to the lovely scripture of Genesis chapter 22. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. And we're talking about Abraham's faith. Because as Apostle said, from the characters and the similitudes in the word, we are able to understand where we fit in. Abraham's story is not just a story for us to learn about faith. If you're meant to be someone like Abraham, there is a pathway that you must follow. If you're meant to be someone like David, there is a pathway that you must follow to pick up that mantle. If you're going to be a kingmaker like Samuel the prophet, then there is a pathway that you must follow in order to manifest that mantle. If you're going to be able to be that woman who's able to advocate for, for, for needs for people and certain burdens that come to this world that God lays upon you, then you have to know the ways of of Esther. So who are you in the Bible? And in knowing who you are in the Bible, one of the best ways to do that is by learning about the fear of the Lord because the knowledge of God allows you to know yourself. 
So let's look at Abraham because Abraham was a friend of God. And we had seen from the last episode that becoming a friend of God, you have to have the fear of the Lord. So Genesis chapter 22 verse 1, I'll probably read it till 15. New Living Translation. Some time later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Take your son, your only son. Yes, Isaac, whom you love so much and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. The next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire, for a burnt offering, and set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the servants. The boy and I will travel a little further. We will, excuse me, we'll worship there and then we will come right back. So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders while he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them walked on together, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. We have the fire and the wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? God (laughs) will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son, Abraham answered, and they both walked on together. When they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. At that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, yes. Abraham replied, here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way, for now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your own son, your only son. Hmm. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in a thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. Abraham named the place Yahweh Yirah, which means the Lord will provide. I believe we also say Jehovah Jireh. To this day, people still use that name as a proverb. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. And how true it is. Then the angel of the Lord called again to Abraham from heaven. This is what the Lord says. Because you have obeyed me and have not withheld even your son, your only son, I swear by my own name that I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond number, like stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies, and through your descendants all the nations of the earth will be blessed, all because you have obeyed me. And it is at that point, Abraham and Isaac returned to their servants, and they traveled back to Beersheba, and Abraham continued to leave. Hallelujah. So we can clearly see that obedience is so important in order to have to manifest the fear of the Lord, in order to understand what the fear of the Lord is. We also see Abraham's faith here. He had full founding faith. 
Abraham took his only son, his only son, his prized possession, because he got this child at his old age. And he didn't just get this child on his own ability. He got this child through God and God had promised him. So Isaac was a special child and God was telling him, take this most prized possession and give it to me. Not only just give it to me, because he could have told Isaac, give me your son. Give me your son, I'll take him. No, no, no. God told him, sacrifice him. So first of all, we need to understand that sacrifices were done for animals. So here is God trying to make Abraham perceive his son as a sacrifice. So not only was he now changed from a prized possession, he was changed from a prized possession to an animal that was worthy of sacrifice. Of course, people would not hesitate to sacrifice animals. People would not hesitate to sacrifice cows or lambs or rams because they're just animals. But your most prized possession, what you cherish the most, what you value, God is telling you, no, remove it from that pedestal of value, of worth, and bring it down to the level of a sacrifice and give it to me. Wow. And Abraham did lots of movies lots of cartoons lots of series show abraham in distress actually doing this but in the word it says when isaac asked about where the sacrifice would be abraham exercised his faith he said that god will provide god will provide how many times have we reached a circumstance where we know that we don't know what to do. We don't know where the solution is going to come from. We don't know where the help shall come from. But we exercise our faith fully. Not 50, 50, 80, 20. No, no, no. A hundred percent conviction that in this circumstance, this hot soup that I'm in, the Lord God will provide. And so what is your prized possession? Are you ready and willing to give your most prized possession to the Lord? Are you ready and willing to remove it from the pedestal of its worthiness, its value, and how you feel about it, and how you hold it in regard to honor the Lord? Because sacrifices were done to appease God. Sacrifices were done to make God have mercy on the people. That means something was done that was wrong. But we're not seeing here that Abraham did anything wrong. But God was telling him, I want you to take your prized possession and, and, and reduce it to a sacrifice that I can have mercy on you. Ha! It's, I, I don't know about you, but I've had moments where God has told me, you're going to give me that Isaac. And I will not lie to you. It is not easy. It is very difficult. But that's where the power of the Holy Spirit comes in. That's where the word comes in. Because the word is going to teach us. The word is going to correct us. The word is going to train us. Because we see here that Isaac gave God his son. In spirit, he gave Isaac. Sorry, Abraham gave Isaac in spirit to God. Even before the sacrifice, his mind was made up. He was ready. So already in the spirit realm, that sacrifice had been done. It was just a matter of manifesting it physically, which basically shows that Isaac had already exercised his faith. He knew that the Lord God was going to provide and he he was in a state of peace with it. 
He did not ask God any questions and he did not question God. What we see here is the obedience of Abraham. We see the faith of Abraham. We see the trust of God or trust in God from Abraham. And as a result, the Lord God was able to intervene and bless him. I've come to realize that when God asks you for your Isaac, he's not punishing you. He's purging you. He's purging you because he wants to be on that pedestal you've placed your Isaac. He knows you value your Isaac. God knows you so well. God knows your heart so well. He knows you value your Isaac, but he wants to be on that pedestal where your Isaac is. That is fear of the Lord. Because when you have the fear of the Lord, nothing comes before him. Not even your Isaac. Not even your prized possession. And your prized possession could be anything. It could be yourself. It could be your ministry. It could be your anointing. It could be your marriage. It could be your partner. It could be your children. It could be your job. It could be something materialistic. It's something spiritual that you have. God is saying that nothing should come above that because your fear of him should be in such a level of knowing that he occupies every throne in your heart. I remember reading from Toza in Pursuit of God where he says, it is very important for the Lord to do this act of cleansing and purging because he wants to sit at the throne of your heart you know um, in revelations we know of how god would tell people yes i know you do all these lovely things that make me look good uh glorify my name that you do these beautiful godly acts but i know who sits on your heart throne or the throne of your heart and that's satan not me but when you fear the lord he sits in the throne of your heart And when he sits on that throne, because he's that king of kings, he is the Lord of lords, you have awe for him, you have regard for him, that what he needs comes first. Fear of the Lord is a spirit of the Holy Spirit, is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit, and it's only the Holy Spirit who can give us that fear. But we have to prepare ourselves the same way Abraham did. We have to encourage ourselves to build that capacity to have resounding faith that no matter what happens, I may lose my job, but I fear the Lord. He provides. I may have this circumstance where I have to put my family second, but the Lord is first because I fear him. When God takes our Isaac, he doesn't destroy it. He builds it. He makes it even better. He keeps it for safekeeping because he wants to sort you out before he gives it back to you. So the person that receives that Isaac does not receive it the same way he was before to put it back on the pedestal that it once was in. But you receive back your Isaac knowing that the pedestal that it was once sitting on has now been occupied by the Lord God and you still can have your prized possession. Spurgeon says the fear of the Lord is a measure of true godliness and it actually is because when you have the fear of the Lord you're able to see real faith the real love and the holiness of living and every grace that makes up true godliness God gives you the good fear something that is tender touching and is very real compared to the carnal fear that we have the carnal fear that the enemy wants to give us you know sometimes we ask how do we manifest this fear how do we manifest the fear of the lord let's take a prize um an ideal example 
when you have an orderly child, an obedient child, a child who is trusting of the parents, that child fears the parents. He holds the parents in a level of trust, faith and obedience that he knows that my mom and my dad are only going to do good for me. They, they don't want my harm. They don't want to hurt me. They don't want to abuse me. Well, I, all I'll get from them is love. And this is just a small analogy compared to what the father-child relationship we have with us, ourselves as children of God. So this child will not complain. This child will not question. This child will not ask questions. So for example, the mom would say, eat this, it's good for you. The child will open their mouth and eat it. The the father will say, I want you to do your homework this way. He will not hesitate because this is a child that fears the Lord. They will not ask God. They will not question their parents. They will not ask God questions. And as you can see, Abraham never asked God questions and he never questioned God. Instead, he exercised his faith. And that's a lesson for us. Because when you have the fear of the Lord, despite any circumstance you may have that may require you to offer a sacrifice or put yourself in a very difficult position carnally, you know, but in spirit, God is building you up and challenging you and building you to be a better person. You won't ask questions. You will say, Lord, speak to me. Your servant is listening and I'm here to do what you've asked me to do. It is not easy. I will not lie to you. It is not easy. It is something that you have to develop over time. And this is the beautiful part. You have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will help you. The Holy Spirit will guide you. You can't do this alone. It is very important for us to understand that the fear of the Lord is a gateway to so many things. We can see here that Abraham revealed God as Yahweh Yira, the Lord who provides He saw God asking for his son. And he said, this is the God that gave me my son. This is the God who can give me another son. So he didn't question God. He didn't ask God. He trusted God. He had faith in God. And he said, God, you know what you're doing. You will provide. There are times in life you will go through issues. You'll go through circumstances. You wonder why in the world is the Lord putting me through this? And the best thing to say, to exercise to yourself, your mindset and your spirit so that you can build your faith and have that conviction and manifest that conviction is the Lord knows because he truly does. Let's not pretend there are lots of questions that come through theology and people who question the word and say, why did God test Abraham? Didn't he know that Abraham was going to do this anyway? After all, he's an all-knowing God. Yes, he is. But this is for our learning. This is for our training so that when you encounter a situation, you can definitely say, I don't know. I don't know what comes 10 years from now, 15 years from now, tomorrow or in the next six or seven hours or within the next minute. But I know this, the Lord will provide. Abraham believed in it in the spirit. He had faith in the spirit and it was ushered in because the Lord provided that ram and he discovered God in a new name, Jehovah Jireh, Yahweh Yira. When you fear the Lord, you will encounter God in so many interesting ways that you will find out new names of God.
And in this process, Abraham not only received his Isaac, his prized possession, he also got a blessing. He got a blessing because, first of all, a blessing was just a by the way. By the way. Because it is through this act that Abraham was even a friend of God. And it's so powerful to be a friend of God. A friend of God. It was confirmed that he was a friend. We also know that it is his faith that made God realize how they had a wonderful friendship. So the next challenge that we have as Christians is to exercise our fear of the Lord. We need to get to our real selves and go to the altars that we have set up to dwell in the secret place with the Most High God and come bare and just ask the Holy Spirit to help you through this process because it's only him who will give you this fear and he will show you, he will guide you, he will teach you and he will train you how to exercise this fear. When you have this fear of the Lord, you'll understand why the death and the resurrection of Christ is so powerful. You will understand why you will have to stand in front of people, societies, even peer pressured groups to speak up for God when it looks like you're doing the wrong things. You will understand why you will present yourself as a living sacrifice to God and not just do it for sure or do it for the sake of doing it because it's the popular thing or it's the movement right now. You'll actually take your journey and your relationship with Christ seriously. You'll build that intimacy that is so passionate and is so real that the Lord God reveals more of himself to you. I don't know about you, but I want the Lord God to reveal more of himself to me. The Lord God is not exhaustive. There's so many dimensions to him that we are yet to see. We sing Jehovah Jireh. He is enough. Yes, he is. But can we truly say we've experienced Jehovah Jireh? Have we experienced the provider? Have we truly experienced Abba, Father, our source? Sometimes, not even sometimes, we just have to make peace with this understanding that when we have the fear of the Lord, it is a gateway and a route and a path to seeing God in his different elements, especially in your life. So my challenge to you this coming weeks as we go through these series of the fear of the Lord, we've learned from Abraham that his faith in God, his obedience and his trust in the Lord manifested the fear that he had for God. And in that process, he gave God his prized possession of which God gave him back, Isaac, blessed him and revealed a nature of himself. So your challenge is to think about your most prized possession. What is your Isaac in your life? Can you give it to God? And when you give it to God, what will he require you to do? Are you able to hear from him? Are you able to listen to his instructions to obey and do? And so when the time comes for him to to insist that you do something for the kingdom or for your relationship or for your intimacy in dwelling in the secret place, you will not question God and you will not ask questions. 
not only will God reveal himself to you, you'll have a passionate intimacy that will grow, but at the same time, you get to reveal a nature of God that you didn't know. I pray that you learn from Abraham. Have a lovely weekend. God bless you.